Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Full Court Press. I'm Jenny Fisher. We're going to be joined by Kentucky All-American Ryan Howard in a bit, but first... We have to get to the big news in men's college basketball. It was released today that the Division I Men's Basketball Committee decided that the NCAA tournament should be held in a single geographic area. And I quote, as a result, NCAA staff are in preliminary talks with the state of Indiana and the city of Indianapolis to potentially host the 68-team tournament around the metropolitan area during the coordinated dates in March and April. This provides what I think is the right decision, but also a really interesting dynamic uh, for one of America's premier sporting events, because at this point, you're only subject to one area or government safety and health protocols. You're not traveling staff and media, and most importantly, teams all across the country in the normal format of March Madness. The players will be in a smaller geographic area, and I can't say that we will call it a bubble yet because it's not. Um, Dan Gavitt actually went on a video today with Mitch Barnhart from UK, who's of course on the committee, um, and Andy Katz, and said himself that they're seeing if it's even feasible to run it in the Indianapolis metropolitan area. It's been there, the final four at least, where it's scheduled to be this year, every four to six years because of the NCAA headquarters being there. And I also think this makes a lot of sense, not only because Indiana is a basketball state, but You have IUPUI, which shares a parking garage with the national office. Butler is 15 minutes north of downtown Indianapolis. Obviously, they have a long way to go. You can add Banker's Life into that equation as well. But they are a basketball state with gyms to go with should it get there. Another interesting comment um, that I saw from Mitch Barnhart. Uh, So it goes from 13 sites to one geographic location. They want to make sure that they keep it at 68 teams for the number of participants. They assured that that is still the plan. What I find even more interesting is that NCAA women's basketball has not released any more about what their plan is. Uh, I think a lot of times I, I picture that they work in tandem, obviously two completely separate championships, although the same sport, uh, they function with their own championships, of course, and For women's basketball to not be following suit in the same format as men's, which it has always done, is really interesting to me. They basically put out a statement saying that they're just going to keep an eye on how things are going and what they may want to do, but that they are not necessarily following suit at this point in time. If it were up to Rick Pitino, he would have May Madness. That's neither here nor there. He wants the beginning of the season to be pushed back even further from November 25th. Again, we're just going to have to see where these things go, how COVID affects all of it. Obviously, the, the decision for the single geographic area uh, was due to COVID. And again, they'll have different tiers and rules that people will have to follow. And 
it's probably for the best that they are tightening up on these rules and regulations now and the format of the tournament than fear for a sudden change down the line. I do wanna talk a little bit about how COVID is affecting some teams as the beginning of the season is single digit days away. Four Big East men's basketball programs are affected, the most recent being Seton Hall. They were set to play Winthrop on opening day of college basketball season on November 25th, but it lies outside of that two week window from the NCAA mandate. And Winthrop has been affected by COVID-19 as well. John Rothstein has been keeping an active list of teams that are affected, but he did point out that over 90% of teams are still fine, um, that have been unaffected and have continued practicing. Uh, obviously, the news that Jim Beheim has come down with COVID as well released last week and just wishing him all the best. And of course, it's, it's just really hard in, in this time because you're having the abundance of caution, which is great, but it is so hard to mandate what is going on with COVID. And the one instance that I did want to bring up is Jeff Goodman had noted that a freshman, a coach had told him this, there's a freshman on a men's college basketball team who has been in isolation for 38 consecutive days due to COVID protocols when he has never tested positive. This kid has never played in a college basketball game and he is starting his collegiate career like that. Uh, it's something that it worries me. Obviously the optics are not great, uh, but it makes you wonder how are we going to get through a season when 18 year old student athletes are stuck in their dorm rooms for 38 consecutive days due to these, these rules. Again, it's hard to mandate. I would rather have an abundance of caution, but I think it is worth noting. I also wanna talk about college basketball, I think is trying to find a good hybrid between the college football model and what the NBA and WNBA have done. So with college football, obviously still amateurs, traveling, you have positive cases, but you're still getting through the season and hopefully we'll still be crowning a champion. And in the NBA and WNBA, again, another example to look to, they have a bubble, they're able to crown a champion, have zero positive cases, but it's a lot more money. Um, I think there's a lot of waivers and legal decisions involved in doing that to college kids. Um, and it just seems out of the picture at this point, except for tentatively March Madness. But at the end of the day, this is an indoor sport in a confined space where you put 10 guys on the floor, a couple of refs, on 4,700 square footage, 4,700 feet of square footage, in physical contact and sweating and breathing on each other. So what I think is that depth is going to matter this season, the ability to be sharp after having not played or having barely been around your team, practicing, whatever it may be. And I think another thing that's flying under the radar is being able to avoid injury. I feel like having kept a microscope on the WNBA this past season, um, players still get hurt even in global pandemics. And when you have a compact schedule, it can also affect them. And yes, these are young people, but you can't bank on youth to lead you ever, especially this year. And so I think on top of the stress and everything else that's been brought on by this global pandemic, it's going to be really interesting. And again, if the, 
if the NCAA tournament in 2021 ends up being a bubble. Let's say in Lucas Oil, they decide to play every single game of the tournament in that one venue. The bubble atmosphere is also something that can bring on fatigue. It's the fatigue of monotony and waking up every day and doing the same thing and seeing the same place. And during the NBA finals, I think it was Giannis who said, it's not a question mark. It's an exclamation point. It's not an asterisk. It's an exclamation point. If you win a championship in an environment like this, and I think it might be a little too early to be talking about who's going to be the champion, because again, we have no clue what this season will entail. But to think that one will still be named and that they are in high hopes that this tournament will still occur in March and April is something that I try to put my hope in as well. And one of those teams many are hopeful to see in the women's tournament this year is Kentucky. They are sure to make a lot of noise this upcoming year, especially led by the All-American Ryan Howard. And Ryan, it has been a crazy past week for you and your program. Kentucky women's basketball gets the number 11 preseason ranking, the highest since you've been there. You're named a preseason All-American. You have a coaching change with 12 days prior to the first game of the year, and your schedule gets released. How have you been feeling amidst all the craziness? Um, my emotions are everywhere. You know, there's some sadness with the coaching change, and then, you know, we're happy the schedule's out, happy that we are, what, like nine days now. Um, excited for people to see what we've been crafting in the off season and preparing for so emotionally i've just been all over the place um, but trying to stay focused at the same time how have you been leading your team through a time like this with constant change uncertain times knowing that covid is still around um, i'm definitely um keeping them focused and making sure that they know what LZ is looking for um, Butts and Coach Amber. Um, just making sure that we're all on the same, staying on the same page and following protocol so that nothing happens. Because if we do, if somebody, something happens at a time like this, they'll miss four or five games, and that's not what anybody wants. Well, the last time that we had talked in April, we had to talk about the tournament getting canceled. But now we get to talk about the fact that you step back onto the floor for a basketball game in less than 10 days. How excited are you for that season opener at Memorial Coliseum on November 25th? Um, I'm so excited. It's been so long since I've put on a Kentucky jersey. I've been able to play with my teammates. Um, everyone's going to – I know we're going to come out super energetic and super excited. Um, we're definitely going to be firing on all cylinders, but we will have to – I know we've been getting kind of fast in practice. We will have to, you know, slow down and refocus at times. Do you like playing fast? I feel like that's kind of a hallmark of not just the way that you play, but your team as well. Um, it's definitely a big emphasis on how we play. Do I like it? Uh, kind of. I don't. I don't hate it or anything. But you know, sometimes we do get a little too fast, and it can um, cause like repercussions for us, like mistakes. So it is good to like fast if we're in control, but if we're not the ones in control, then I don't like playing fast. You're Kentucky's first preseason All-American. You get the 30 unanimous votes by the national media panel. You've been snubbed from some lists and accolades before. How does it feel to have that unanimous preseason All-American under your belt? 
And what are you trying to prove to the people that have maybe snubbed you before? Um, I definitely think that they're already impressed seeing as it is unanimous this year when I got snubbed. Um, but snub is, is getting kind of used to me now. Like it's happening a lot. So I'm just, I use it as motivation and just focus on what I can do to improve and what I can do to keep getting better. The schedule looks a little different in 2020. No Louisville game this year. I know Dana Evans joked that she gets to say she's 3-0 against UK right now. And I know you're just a junior, but how do you feel about having to put that rivalry matchup on hold for a season? Um, just, I'm definitely not going to leave here over. So just, I guess, with this year, not being able to just more to, you know, prepare and just something else that we can, we can just find something else to focus on instead of just a rivalry game. Like we have other big games. Um, that definitely is one that, you know, everyone looks forward to seeing as it is a rivalry game, but we're nothing that we're going to dwell on. So. I know one game, well, two, because you play them twice that I'll be watching against South Carolina, currently the number one team in the nation. What excites you about playing the likes of them? I definitely think they're going to be a tough matchup. You know, they have a lot of skill and depth coming back. And, you know, they got some good freshmen that came in. Um, it's definitely going to be a good battle to look forward to. And I'm just excited to see how we as a team have grown and how we can come together as one and give them something, like give them a challenge. You're a National Player of the Year candidate in a lot of people's eyes. You were last season when you were second in the nation in scoring. I'm presuming the campaign carries on for you through this season. What are some of your personal goals? Um, personal goals would just be leading my team to a SC championship, which is definitely possible for us. Um, Final Four, possible national championship. Um, winning the All-American and other awards that I'm up for and just proving to the country that I can be the best player out there. Yeah. So we kind of mentioned it earlier, but a lot has happened this off season. Coach Matthew Mitchell resigned and retired due to some health complications following the injury and brain surgery he had back in June that he's been trying to fully recover from. How did he impact you as a player and a person? Uh, he definitely was there. Um, he wanted everyone to succeed on and off the court. He treated us all as his daughters, um, his second family. If we ever needed anything, he would always assure us that we could come to him for it. Um, he's definitely helped me grow in a lot of areas off the court. Um, so for him to step down is definitely sad for myself and my teammates. Um, but he did say that he will always be around, like he's not going anywhere, so he'll still be there if we need him. Kyra Elsey has been named the interim head coach. She's been around the program, knows you and the players, and even said about you, if all else fails, put the ball in Ryan Howard's hands and let her do what she does best. What is it that you feel that you do best? Um, I just feel like I can make the play that's necessary. So whether that's scoring or getting assists or making a big play on defense, whatever it is, I feel like I'm the one that can step up to the plate and be able to complete the challenge. Um, I'm definitely going to put the team before myself. So 
whatever it is that I need to do, I'm going to make sure it gets done. Elsie had played for Pat Summit, and she calls herself a player's coach who's also intense. How would you describe her, and what are you looking forward to about playing for Coach Elsie? Uh, she's definitely a player's coach. She asks us how we feel about things, and whenever she comes to a decision, she pitches it to us to make to see how we feel about it. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to playing for her. It's, you know, it's going to be new, of course, because they don't coach the same, her and Mitchell. Um, but she has been around, so it's not like anything new, especially for the returners. Um, so just excited to see how hard she pushes us and how far she can lead us this year. So I do have a handful of fun questions for you. So during the off season, I hear that you got the chance to scrimmage with a few WNBA players before that they left for their bubble. What was that experience like for you and where do you think you stacked up? Um, it was definitely a great experience. You know, we had fun, uh, bonded with them. And like, you would have thought that we'd known each other for years the way we would just go and just, you know, chill around with them. But I definitely think I did, you know, prove myself a little bit and I wasn't just going out there fooling around. Um, but like it wasn't like super hard or anything because nobody's trying to like get hurt or nothing serious like that. But I definitely think that I proved myself and I did do good. I'm sure that we'll see you in the league one day. Just wanted to add my two cents. But I also wanted to ask, you had posted some pictures where you were blowing bubbles, playing basketball, like the chewing gum blowing bubbles, not the water and soap kind of deal. But do you always chew gum? And is this kind of like a good luck omen? Um, I don't think it's good luck, but I do always chew gum. Um, I didn't start blowing bubbles until this year. And I don't even know, like, I was just in the game and I was just like blowing bubbles. And I was like, they caught the picture. And I was like, I guess is this my thing now. So, but I guess it's kind of like just something to make the game fun still and just, you know, relieve some pressure. Because like, if I'm able to blow bubbles, then... I'm able to just relax and just play my game. Do you have a favorite flavor of gum? Like, are you going minty or like the sugary, normal kind of gum, bubble gum? Um, when I chew gum, it's, it's hubba bubba. I like it. That's a classic pick. So my, my last fun question for you, I like to describe you as a crafty player, but not just on the court. I know that you like to draw and full disclosure for the people that might not know, the last time that we had talked, we did a 30 second shot clock, competed to see who could draw the best Mickey Mouse, the fastest. Um, I don't feel like losing today, but Ryan, what have you been drawing lately? Um, I actually haven't been drawing a lot, but I did, some of my friends did um, ask me to like help them come up with tattoo ideas. So I've done some of that. And even Coach Elsie, she asked me uh, to design something for her. So I've been doing that. And just like if I do draw something, it's something quick and simple. But. I love it. I think that's awesome. And I actually did have one more. So I, I know that your team had organized a social justice march and unity fair back in September. Can you tell the people who may not know just a little bit about that and why that matters to you? It was definitely big um, for us as a whole because we felt like we needed to make, you know, everyone around us, you know, we are a predominantly white institution. So we felt like we need to make everyone around us aware of what's going on and just be there in case they need help, like mentally or emotionally, and just 
helping them like we did helping them with voting or we did like a care station um you know a lot of people came out and like protested with us and it was just a great outcome but it definitely was important because you know a lot of people around us don't know what's going on and they don't know what we're fighting for so it was just big for us to get it out there and make it more known i think it's amazing so thank you for the work that you and your team have been doing there Best of luck this upcoming season, especially like you said, in, in just a couple days um, for your first game and we'll be watching. Thank you. Thanks to Ryan Howard for joining us. It's always great catching up with her. What really struck me about our time talking is the Louisville quote uh, where she said, I don't wanna go over. Uh, currently uh, another All-American alongside her, Dana Evans from Louisville had said that she has been able to go up 3-0 on the Kentucky Wildcats, um, something that she teases her about. Uh, and now that that game is not happening this year due to scheduling conflicts related to COVID, that is something that Ryan Howard had told us that, hey, I don't want to go over, which alludes to potentially coming back. In my mind, that means, so Ryan is a National Player of the Year candidate. She could definitely go to the WNBA in this upcoming draft. Uh, but TBD, and if they end up playing Louisville by some chance in the tournament, then they could meet there. Maybe she returns for her senior season. Obviously a lot of basketball left to play, a lot of time to go until that point, but definitely an interesting comment by Ryan Howard. Another episode of Full Court Press is in the books. Thanks again to Ryan for spending some time with us. And thanks also to our producer, Mike Lieber, as well as Bruce Bernstein for all of their help. Tom Phillip edits the show and we always appreciate his contributions. Please check out other Pure Hoops Media shows. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong drops each Wednesday. Each Thursday, Monica McNutt and King McClure drop by with buckets, boards, and blocks. Every Friday, it's the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday, and I'll be back every Tuesday with Full Court Press. Please check out all of our shows. Subscribe, download them, rate and review them, but most of all, enjoy. See you next week on Full Court Press. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.